Welcome to Bloody Bay, an eclectic full-contact theater audio drama series written by Mimi Monteith and Anne-Marie Shea. Please like, follow, subscribe, or drop a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Successful mystery author Florence Gardner is facing both a potentially ruinous divorce from husband and former actor Lee Millville and slumping sales. Desperate for inspiration, she heads to Bloody Bay, the small main town whose record of murders makes New York look like Branson. But it seems the town's main export has dried up, so Florence devises a plan that'll really knock them dead. And now, Bloody Bay. Dear Diary, it is I, Florence, returning after all these years. I hope you're not angry at me for neglecting you since boarding school, but to tell the truth, I actually thought I didn't need you anymore. Well, guess what, Diary? The world is telling me that it is no longer my oyster, and no easy way to put it, another divorce pending. This one will bankrupt me, what with expectations of alimony, he can prove that I have been his sole means of support, and claims to community property. I gushed a few too many times that he was my muse and all that. I was just trying to put on a good face in public and hide the fact that this once bankable leading man was going to pot faster than his excuse of a career. Another good deed being punished. So, here I am, back at Bloody Bay, the scene of so many crimes that my once flourishing mystery writing career relies on, and... No one has the decency to help a gal out by committing a murder. I was this close a few months back, during one of the last blizzards of the season, when the wife of the local endodontist apparently jumped, or maybe was pushed out of a third-story window. But she was rescued by a team of EMTs too dedicated for their own good, and has been in a coma ever since. Neither dead nor alive. Maybe an accident, maybe an attempted suicide, but definitely not a murder, which is my only interest. And I am stuck at this third-rate B&B, hoping that my credit card is still capable of covering the rent and... Flo! Flo, honey! I've been trying to call y'all! I've got news! Oh no, it's that Georgia Peach who runs the post office in the general store. Never met a rumor she didn't love. I turned the phone off just so I could get some mental space to exercise what's left of my diminishing writing skills. Sweetie, let me in. This is too delicious to shout all over the neighborhood. For your ears only. I'd best tend to this diary, probably just pestering me with another report of who she's just sold some condoms to, or who asked her to stock pregnancy tests, but uh, on the other hand, she might actually have something. Be with you in a minute, Maggie. I'm upstairs. Hold on a bit.
I, if it isn't Maggie. Such a delight, as always, to see you. But aren't you needed back at the post office? That lump of a husband of mine promised to cover while I went out for a while. No way to talk about the town's leading law enforcement officer. That's just it. As police chief, he can be privy to things no one else hears. Police updates? Now that's another matter. Come in. Come in. Have a seat in the living room. Could we go upstairs to your suite? I don't want anyone to overhear. No one enters my private suite. Sorry, I didn't mean to raise my voice. I just like my privacy. I don't think anyone else is in right now, so we shan't be disturbed in here. You know I'm not one to pry, but I just always wanted to see what the work in space of a writer would look like. Maybe some other time. Maybe, as in never. So, what is this police update you were promising me? Well, y'all remember the incident at Dr. Spencer's house a few months back? Middle of a blizzard? Wife ended up in a coma after falling. Or maybe jumping. Or maybe she was pushed? I remember, I remember. Just get to the point. Oh, you Britishers are worse than these damn Yankees for wanting to spoil a person's good story. Okay, then. Just the facts, as they used to say on TV. I'm waiting. Well, here it comes. She's out of it. Well, of course the poor thing is out of it. She's been in a coma for months. No, I mean, that's what she's out of. Her coma. You mean she's out of her coma? Why didn't you say so? I was trying to, but she kept interrupting and stuff. I couldn't and what is she it. saying? Was she pushed? Did she fall or jump? That's the part our chief of police was fuzzy about. He said, oh, what was it now? I think he said something about leisure. No, uh, maybe anesthesia. Micronesia? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Good grief. Not amnesia. That's what she's got. Oh, no. And my Clinton, he says that in all his years in public safety, he's never seen such a complete case. So is that good? She's got a real good amnesia? No, it's not good. Not good at all. Look, Maggie, simply divine chatting with you and all, but speaking of poor Mrs. Spencer reminds me that I have been remiss in my social duties. Here I've been all these months, practically right down the lane from the Spencer residence, and I have never called to introduce myself. Scarcely civilized. So I'm going to change into something smart, pick some, uh, I mean, order some flowers and run over there to introduce myself to Dr. Dennis Spencer. And uh, what, what did you say her name was? It is Barry. Barry Spencer. No, that has no ring to it. Must change it for the novel. So ta-ta for now, Maggie. Wish there were time to offer you a cup of tea, but I want to get to the Spencers post-haste in case she starts remembering. It would be a pity to miss her first words. You can find your way out. (laughs) 
Barry, are you up? Who is it? Me. I'm afraid that doesn't mean much to me nowadays. Barry, it's Dennis, your husband. Why don't you open your eyes? Goodness, you're already in my room. But Barry, this is our room. Uh, yes, sorry. I'll just have to get used to that. Now look, we have to talk. I mean, can we talk? Of course. You do know I love you very, very much. I've been so worried these past few months with you in that terrible coma. Of course. Uh, what's your name again? Dennis. But you can call me Dennis Darling. I guess you do deserve a little sweet talk, Dennis Darling. After all I put you through, when I awoke, all the staff at the hospital kept raving about how devoted you were. Good. They bought my act. Hardly leaving my side, eager to be there when I'd come out of the coma. No idea what you might say. Couldn't let someone else talk to you first. Of course, I'd want to be the first person you'd see. You must have been as lonely as I had been all those months. That's the strange thing, Dennis Darling. I wasn't lonely, not at all. I was never really alone. Oh, my dearest one. You knew I was there by your side all that time. Oh, I didn't mean you. How could I possibly know you were there? I was in a coma, don't you remember? No, I mean there was someone else present. It was glorious, Dennis Darling. Will you please stop calling me Dennis Darling? It can get tiresome. Sorry, I didn't mean to annoy you. No, I'm the one who should apologize. Snapping at you like that? Nerves a wreck. What were you saying? He wasn't in the room. He was in my soul. Who? Who else but? I spoke with the Lord God Almighty himself. Of course, he pretty much looked like Jesus, which is how I recognized him. I wouldn't know the Creator or the Holy Ghost if they walked in here right now. You saw Jesus? And he spoke to me. Jesus spoke to you. And he pointed out the errors of my ways in a very sweet, non-judgmental way, of course, because he's Jesus and he's just like that. So they say. When he helped me look inside my selfish soul and showed me all the times I'd been so mean to you, the fights I started. You remember the fights? Nothing specific. I, I have amnesia, you know. But he painted the general picture of how I'd let my greed and materialism and love for the goods of the earth come between us, running up credit card debt just to keep up with the styles, to look attractive in the eyes of men, the way I drove you to drink and tempted you into fits of anger because you, poor darling, in order to pay my bills, had to work day and night, drilling, 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 extracting, extracting, extracting. I get the picture. So, I've changed my ways. Can't exactly remember what those ways were, but if my credit cards led me to flirt with Satan, away with them. I'll cut them up and recycle them into a mosaic for the swimming pool. It's a Martha Stewart wet dream. All those spare bedrooms that I converted into walk-in closets, I'll strip them of their contents and donate the clothes to the local thrift shop. Atta girl. Well, maybe not the ones that still have the price tags. I think we can probably get a refund on those. And most important, I vow never, never again to bargain for new shoes by withholding uh, marital favors. 
Praise be the Lord. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, my darling Barry, you've come home to me at last. I'd love you more now than ever. Well, actually not you, as I recall I'd loathe you, but a better, more lovable model. Viva progress! Oh, it's so good to be free of sin. Amen to that. You know, honey, since you've been all cleansed by the Lord and all that... Amen! It makes me feel, I don't know, spiritually inferior with all my sinfulness and drinking and attempted murder. Maybe I should shed some sin, too, and escape the fires of hell for trying to kill my wife. Well, the new pastor down at St. Anne's is a dear old thing. I think they brought him out of retirement in Quebec. Lack of vocations and all that. He dropped by while I was still in the coma and left his card. Here, call him. Good idea. You take another little rest, my dear, while I pop upstairs to my man cave and make a call. Man cave? On the third floor? It's my observatory. You wouldn't remember. And besides, it's the only room left in the house that wasn't full of your stuff. Oh, let's change the subject. Last time we had this talk, things didn't turn out well. Oh, third story. Was that where I... Indeed. But that's all behind us. Melted away like the snows of yesteryear. Or at least last winter. Ah, yes. Le nièges d'antan. You know French. Ha, barely. Two years in middle school, and I've forgotten most of that. Now, you finish your nap while I find out if the good father does tele-absolution. Next time I see you, I'll be sinless and sober. Forever. I promise. Hello, my little man cave, my own den, my escape, with my skylight and all my telescopes. And look at you, my little Orion, my first, my favorite little telescope. And ooh, my bar. Maybe I won't be seeing so much of you now that Barry has turned a new leaf. I am just crazy about this new person, falling in love all over again for the first time. My phone call. Where did I put that calling card? Ah, here. Hmm. The signal looks strong today for a change. At least for now. We'll see. Hello? Hello? Pierre Laurence ici. Hello? Is this Father Laurence? Excuse me, do you speak English? Uh, pardon moi, mon père. Parlez-vous anglais? Parfaitement. Oh, good. I mean, bon, c'est magnifique. I'm Dr. Dennis Spencer, endodontist to the lobster men, and I'd like to make my confession. Comment? Que dites-vous? En français, s'il vous plaît. Sorry, I thought you said you spoke English. Uh, ma... Vous m'avez you parlez anglais? Oui, c'est vrai, mon fils, je le parle, mais je ne comprends pas du tout. You speak English, but you don't understand it? Répétez? 
Oh, never mind. Je vais faire mon confession. Confession. Essayez-le, mon juste. Comprenez-vous? Do you understand me? I want to make a confession. Doucement, doucement, mais pour réel. Sorry, Father. Mon père. Allez, allez. I don't want to miss days of our lives. And I comprend. Ma, it may take a while for me to find the right words. My French is pretty rusty. Comment? En français, s'il vous plaît. I tell you déjà. I know, understand the English good. Mon Dieu. Why not you just say your sins in English? Le bon Dieu, he would understand for me? And then I can your sins forgive you and get back to the days of our lives. Today's the wedding of Melanie and Philip. They telephise again. I just love weddings. Sounds irregular, but let's try it. Okay, Father, forgive me. It's been... Oh, dear. How long since my last confession? Allez, allez, don't take all the day. I don't want to miss the walking down the aisle by Melanie. Okay, uh, Cliff Notes version. My wife, ma femme, was really pissing me off. So I hit her over the head with my telescope and tossed her out of the window. But after all, there was a lot of bourbon involved. Bourbon? Like the king's? Oh, pardon, you mean the whiskey. The bad stuff. Square off or no absolution for you, Monfi. It was the drinking that made me do it. I wasn't really in control. So I think I was. Um... Not responsible as I might have seen. Just the fact we don't need to remember every last Madeleine. I think the good Lord has heard enough and uh, tells me to give you for penance one pater nostra and two ave and stay off, as you Americans say, uh, le sauce. Hello, on the network NBC. Au revoir. Thank you, Father. Merci. Merci beaucoup. I'll never drink again, and I certainly will never try to murder my wife again. A new man, free from the sins of my past. This calls for a celebration, a drink. My last drink, of course. Let's see, what's in the cabinet? Uh, bourbon, vodka, ah, gin. Spring is officially here when I've had my first G&T of the season. Hmm. No tonic water. No ice. Oh, well, I'll just have to settle for a tiny taste of warm gin. Hmm. <sighs> Even warm with no tonic. Nothing beats the nice nip of gin. Ooh. Look at that bottle. Nearly full. Shame to throw out all that tank array. Cost me a fortune. My Yankee ancestors would be appalled by the waste. Turn over in their urns, they would. Well, if I toss the rest down the gullet today, it won't be here to tempt me tomorrow, when I really go on the wagon. To tomorrow. Hmm, who knew warm gin could be so delightful? This room. Maybe the Lord will wipe my slate clean, but this room won't let me forget. The scene of the cr- The accident. I had to come up here that night to heal from a day filled with drilling and extracting, to escape the mayhem that had taken up residence in our overpriced McMansion, to sneak a quiet drink, when suddenly she appeared, flying up the stairs like a mall banshee, wailing and waving the credit card statement in the air.
I knew I'd find you up here with your own private booth supply. Swilling down some gin to get through the evening, no? Not gin. That's for spring and summer. This is my cozy winter bourbon, warming my soul on the coldest evening of the year. Don't you quote Robert Frost to me, you med school dropout. I did not drop out of med school. I chose a path less traveled, human, aging teeth, which never get better, and therefore have provided an endless source of income for the both of us, a standard of living challenged only by your reckless spending. For which I need credit cards, and this! She was screaming, loud enough for the neighbors to hear, I'm sure. Is the third notice I've received this week that you're closing yet another of my credit card accounts. Because you are racking up bills I cannot possibly find enough rotting teeth in this town to pay for. I have even stooped to being the official dentist for the lobster men's hockey team, beneath my dignity. But golly, that sport is hard on teeth. I have to maintain an image. I cannot understand how. When most of the town is complaining about unreliable internet connection, you always manage to order designer labels online. What's that black lacy thing you're sporting now? Versace? It's not all designer labels. What about that 12th place setting of Limoges, China, huh? What about the Maserati straight from Dre Leno's garage, huh? What about the Viking kitchen? Don't you dare claim that you're doing this for me, for our home. I am never here long enough with the hours that I have to put in at the practice to enjoy this tasteless, overpriced Edsel of real estate hell. I come home exhausted, no meal ready. I nuke a frozen dinner, and since there's no reason to join you in the master bedroom, I come up here to gaze at the stars, contemplating the pure vastness of the universe in contrast to the putrid confines of the typical human tooth and... Yes, I enjoy a nip or two before passing out, uh, before falling asleep in the only room in the house I feel is really my home. Furnished, I see, with yet another astronomical toy. Take your hands off that. I have had that since I was a child. No matter how elaborate my recent acquisitions have been, this is my first, my most beloved. You could pay off all of my credit card debt if you put this classic on the market. Not Orion. Take your hands off my Orion. Memo to Dr. Freud. Why does my husband always name his toys astronomical or anatomical? This looks pretty phallic to me. Give me that. (laughs) (laughs) Ow! My head! Barry, I warned you. And I'm warning you, I am not the only one in this marriage spending money like crazy. I'm going to take your boy toy and throw it out the window. You'll go out the window before Orion will. (laughs) (laughs) She looks pretty still lying on the snowdrift. Just an act, I think. Always such a drama queen. Still not moving. I suppose I should call 911. If the signal is good during the storm. So upsetting. Maybe I'll have a drink to calm down. And then I'll call. 
If only I could take back that night. If only. Yes? Dennis, darling, we have a visitor. May we come in? Of course. Just give me a sec to tidy up. Oh, my God, the bottle, the glass. Into the cabinet with them. Okay, all set here. Dennis, darling, this is our new neighbor, Mrs. Gardner. We've been having a lovely chat, and Florence has so kindly offered to help me pack up all those designer clothes and send them to the thrift shop. Isn't that sweet? And guess what? We're the same size. If I hadn't already committed to giving them away. No, no, not the ones with the price tags on them. We're going to get refunds for those things, remember? (laughs) Remember? Silly boy, I don't remember anything. Sometimes if I did swear, which... I don't sense meeting the Lord. I would swear that you're the one with the bad memory. Welcome to our home, Miss Gardner. Sorry for the delay. Man cave, you know. Always needs some tidying up. Florence, please. No apology needed. I'm the party who should be apologizing. In town months now, and I have never popped in to make your acquaintance. The flowers are to make up for my bad manners. Daffodils, our favorite, aren't they, dear? If you say so, darling. Barry is still having a few problems with memory. You don't remember the rock garden, dear, with all the lovely spring flowers right here. Look, under the window down there. I should open the window to enjoy this fine day. All I see is an arrangement of rocks. Where are the flowers? I swear I saw daffodils, just like these, among the rocks this morning. What could have happened? (laughs) Pardon me. It's an old English custom, dating back to before Elizabethan times, when one first visits a neighbor's home, one lends a hand in landscaping by picking whatever blooms need trimming. This never caught on over here. (laughs) I must make a note. My goodness, you must think I simply stole the flowers and tried to pass them off as a gift. (laughs) How embarrassing. Not at all, Um, Mrs... uh... Gardner, but you must call me Florence. (laughs) Mrs. Florence. No, just... Ah, Never mind. (laughs) I, I suppose, poor thing, you have more complicated issues to deal with. Just how bad is your memory loss, dear? Well... Hard to say. How can I know what I don't remember? Ah, that's where a life dedicated to the arts comes in handy. Have you ever heard of drama therapy? You mean you reenact something that's bothering you, and then you get it all figured out? Exactly. Did wonders for Hamlet. Who? Oh, never mind. (laughs) Americans... I don't think that's wise in Barry's case. A very traumatic experience. We don't know what she'll dredge up, or even make up. Oh, not to worry. We can sort out the bits and pieces later. The important thing is for Barry to retrieve those lost memories, once and all. Dennis, darling, I'd do anything to get my memory back. Let's give it a try. Yeah, I have a medical degree, and I say it's too dangerous. Please, honey for me? Well, if you insist. Say, look at all these beautiful daffodils. 
They must be dying of thirst. Gee, Florence, I know you're the guest at all, but could I ask you to run down to the kitchen? Bottom of the stairwell, turn right. Top shelf of the butler's pantry, you'll find vases. Could you put up some water in one and stick the flowers in so we can make these beautiful flowers last a little longer? The least I can do. Ta-ta, don't start without me now. How sweet of her. Yes, Florence really does seem like a very caring person. Say what? We want to make sure we give her the best performance we can. Let's take the next few moments to rehearse the scene, so she can enjoy a really polished drama. You stand over there by the window. I'll play the intruders. There were intruders? Absolute brutes. It's all in the report I gave the police. So we were making plans for our second honeymoon in the Caribbean. I can visualize it as if it were now. You were wearing that Versace black lace number that always drives me crazy. Really? I remember something about a Versace, but... Oh, something unpleasant. Oh, no, we were arguing. Okay, maybe we were arguing. All couples do. But we had just decided to go down to the bedroom. We were sleeping in the same bed again? Not separate bedrooms? That was just a phase, long time ago. All couples go through it. No, we had rediscovered a great sex life. Really? I remember something else. Oh, it's coming back. Probably a false memory. I warned Florence this technique isn't foolproof. Where did the intruders come in? I'll get to that. We had just opened this door to go down to the bedroom. When... When... When what? When I suddenly remembered, I hadn't checked the locks. So I had a little patrol of the premises. Patios doors, kitchen door, front door. And by the time I realized I hadn't locked the front door, I heard you screaming upstairs. I remember raising my voice. And by the time I got to the bedroom, you had left for some reason, returning up here to the man cave. Well, the observatory, actually, being chased by two tough characters. Irish, weren't they? I don't know. Why do you think they were Irish? I I just remember hearing the name Orion. Orion? You mean Orion? I have no doubt I've heard that name. That couldn't be less relevant. Uh, Sorry, darling. Raising my voice like that. But work with me here. Work with me. Florence will be back up here any minute now, and we must have a perfect performance for her. Okay, okay. But you don't use the few things I really do remember. Like that thug Orion. Oh, Oh, my head is hurting all over again from where he hit me. Damned Orion. Forget about Orion. I never want to hear his name again. Besides, I know for a fact they were Polish. How could you possibly know? Teeth. Sloppy Soviet dentistry. Maybe Lithuanian. But I thought you told the police you didn't see their faces. Professional hazard. Hard time remembering names and faces. But I never forget teeth. Did you see them hit me? Sure. 
Sure like it was happening now. I came running into the room when this big Polak... I think they prefer to be called Poles. This big Eastern European took something out of his pocket. Took what out of his pocket? I, I need details. A crowbar. He was carrying a crowbar in his pocket? Very big man. Very big pockets. I'll show you. You stand there by the window. I'll play the thug. Hmm. Crowbar. I'll just pick up something handy to demonstrate. Closest thing to hand is my childhood telescope. Good old... Orion! That's it! It's, it's coming back! Put that thing down! Don't take another step or I'll... Barry, Darius, no. It's only make-believe. But we have to be realistic. It was you! You and that damn phallic symbol! It was you! It was you! You were messing with my head, making up phony European thugs, maybe Lithuanian, when it was you! You wanted to kill me! Damn near did. Barry, you're too close to the open window. Come, here. Get away from me, you murderer! Here we are. These daffodils will last forever. <coughs> Darling! Oh my god. There's no snowdrift now. Nothing to break your fall. Unless you count all those rocks. The daffodils may live a long life, but... She sure as hell didn't. So cruel. Just when I was falling in love Poor again... thing. What in the world happened? Her mental state must have been more fragile than we thought. She was raving about Irish thugs, or maybe Soviet dentists. It was so bizarre. That close to finding another juicy murder. An insane woman jumping into a rock garden just won't serve. Not at all. And on the other hand, I don't have to worry about her recovered memories. And I won't have to pay for a new window this time. Thank you for listening to Bloody Bay, written by Mimi Monteith and Anne-Marie Shea, directed by Callie Wills, and starring the voice talents of Jean-Marie Kuhn, Luis Bermudez, Forrest Manico, Ailey Lassane, Christopher Kay, Robert Kuhn, Jessica Lauren Fisher, and Rochelle Prue. Sound design by Daniel Houle. We'd like to thank everyone who supported Bloody Bay on Kickstarter, including Tyler Gilbert, Jay Zander Kittenoa, Jesse Casanova, Kat McKay, Donaldson Cardenas, Joey Johnson, and Ella Watts. Your support through this lockdown has made it possible to bring these stories to life. If you want to support Bloody Bay directly, you can do so at redcircle.com shows slash bloody bay. Experience Bloody Bay like a local by signing up at Patreon at patreon.com EFCT, where your monthly pledge gets you exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content and merchandise. Are you scared of commitment? We understand. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash EFCT where you can make a one-time donation, no strings attached. Your donations and support help EFCT continue to highlight the work of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus artists. Thanks for listening and see you next week.